The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. Thanks for tuning in. I am with my co-host Brendan, and today we have uh, Matthew Pay, who goes by the name Hubris Music on the uh, podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time. Well, uh, thanks for having me, man. Of course. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know your, your your music, do you want to just maybe tell people a little bit about yourself and what type of thing you play and your background? Instrument-wise, I play like guitar, uh, piano. And uh, music-wise, it's kind of like... You know, we were the, well, it's like kind of like rocky blues rock, folk rock, like Brendan was saying earlier. Uh, that kind of thing. It's prog, prog rock, kind of. Although, you know, we were, like we were chatting earlier, it's kind of prog rock. Um, I want it to be prog rock, but it's not really. <laughs> right. And you, you were saying before we started recording, um, you were heavily influenced to learn guitar uh, because of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. The first, I could tell the whole story. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, yeah. actually, the first thing, when I was a kid, I can't remember how old I was, but like when I say kid, I mean like maybe like I was probably like nine or something like that. I used to have this little, I don't know how I got it, but I had like this pl- plastic container of like singles that I'd collected. I'm, I'm not sure. I had like five singles in there back when there was like CD singles. I think, they, do they still exist? Probably do. No, I don't think so. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Uh, oh, well. I should have kept that because it's like a antique now, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relics. In a museum. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting Netflix in the mail. Yeah. Back in the blockbuster oh, yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. No, no. yeah. Well, yeah, Blockbuster was at the same time. And then the, the Netflix started doing that the mail DVD thing and that really hurt Blockbuster. And then as soon as streaming yeah. came, Blockbuster was but Yeah, I, I had this little thing of like CDs and uh, they were all singles that I picked out for some reason or whatever. Uh, I don't really know why I picked the singles I did, but like there was one on there. It was um, it was a Mi- Michael Jackson scream. He did like a duet with um, Janet Jackson. I don't know why oh, yeah. I picked. Like I wasn't like a fan of like Michael Jackson or anything, but I just like the scream. There's a scream that he did on it that I really liked, so I kept it. Like you mm-hmm. know, like so I, I liked it. And then I don't know. That was my. I know I said like Guns and Roses before was the first band, but really it was that single. It got my attention, like music was. Um, someone screaming on an out on like in the middle of music, kind of thing. I just really liked it, like the idea of it. And uh, my mum had like two Guns N' Roses albums, Usual Illusion one or two, and then that kind of led to me. I love those albums. Like I can, I probably listened to those albums like I don't know, but I could hum the solos in my head right now. I could, yeah. I could air guitar yeah. the solos like you know every note. Um, and uh, I just love those albums and actually on one of the albums Coma Usual Illusion 1 there's a sound of a horse that just popped into my head because I, I thought that was really cool there's a sound of a horse along with the uh, the guitar riff that sounds really cool it's like like a horse neighing uh, ideas like that really I liked I've got what I was talking about now so Guns N' Roses was the band that kind of got me started and then uh, that led to then I went backwards to Led Zeppelin. Nice. Yeah, I'm much more of a Zeppelin fan than a Roses fan personally, but I, yeah, uh, I, love I Zeppelin. now I, yeah. I have to say I love those two albums, Guns of Roses albums, but mm-hmm. like the other ones, like Appetite for Destruction and all of that, it didn't. So that's this is my long-winded way of saying I'm not really a Guns N' Roses fan. I just I'm a fan of those two albums specifically. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like that with several bands. It's just like they. Oh yeah, absolutely. Seminal albums. Led Zeppelin led to tour because they because Tool did a cover of No Quarter at some point, and then yeah, I started talking about. I went into like Tool stuff. Nice, and it kind of went like that. Brendan's Um, a uh, big Tool fan. Yeah, I love Tool. Yeah, I like I like a lot I like a lot of their stuff as well. Yeah, what do you think? Before I say any, so Brendan, what do you think? I haven't really listened to the. I've listened to one or two tracks off the newer album i've listened to it um i listened to it a few times around already um i like it you know it's like um 
it's not necessary. They're all um, long kind of, you know, proggy rock songs like you'd expect from Tool. Um, and there was, it's just uh, a lot of, it was a lot more mellow. There wasn't like a lot yeah. of uh, less punch. Uh, yeah. There was a lot less punch to it, but um, I still really liked it a lot. You know, it's psychedelic, fun goodness, you know, and, if you're a fan of Maynard's voice, you'll you'll like it a lot, you know. I think they all did a really good job, you know. It just sucks that it took so long for him to friggin' do it. I I yeah. kind of think that he the the softer direction was because he'd been doing stuff with Pucifer for so long at that point. Yep. Um, and it kind of like he tied in a little bit of the like Pucifer influence that he picked up, made it a little softer and a little more psyche. Um, yes. But the, my I think it's really hard to actually judge the album objectively because the wait was so long that the the hype built up so much that i don't think yeah. anything they put out would ever have met people's expectations oh no um, no they would I have had to put out like 10 albums you know yeah i feel like they shot themselves in the foot by by holding off that yeah. long to put it out because they said that they actually have like three or four albums worth of material recorded i'm sure um, they do and they just weren't completely happy with it so they delayed it until they got to this point so i'm like drop the other albums honestly at this point it only do you like it only be beneficial for you well they, they have like a um like a lawsuit pending with artists or something or i don't know i, I think something I like that holding them up to okay i feel like i think that was happening but um matt have you listened to pucifer uh i listened oh. to v no well i have done i'm just not sure what uh like v is for vagina that's one of the albums I think. yeah yep they um, have there's one particular one that I always come back to on like a regular basis called um, Conditions of My Parole. Yeah. yeah. I love that album. It's uh, the best thing I've done in my opinion. It's it's kind of cool because it's like a fusion between Tool and uh, Nine Inch Nails because that's the other the other members from Nine Inch Nails. Um, oh, cool. And then uh, they kind of just took their, two, their two influences and then did something different to both. Oh, by the way, Tool led to Nine Inch Nails as well. I got more. Oh, right. I was probably more into, yeah. But uh, Pucifer is a band that, like, I heard, I think like when I heard them, the the first because one of my one of my mates is into Pucifer. Mm-hmm. He play he's playing it all the time. But when I heard it for the first time, I was like, okay, and it kind of like, and it wasn't tall, so I kind of like just let it go. I just thought I like the voice, you know, like I like, I like Maynard's voice, but like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. music music wasn't doing it at the time. Yeah. I think I'd, I was just being a bit too, like, harsh. I th- no, I wasn't, like, so, uh, you know, I never thought it was, like, bad. But um, right. it just wasn't tall, so I didn't listen to it kind of thing. I think for me it was good because, like, when I came across Pucifer, I'd kind of taken a step away from Tool for a while. Um, so it's, like, I wasn't that that fresh uh, Tool in my mind compared to it. So it was easier to, do, like, look at it objectively, I guess. Um, yeah. But Nine Inch Nails, uh, what do you like from them? Um, I I just like I like what um Trent Reznor's done. Um, mm-hmm. Like I like I all the like earlier stuff. Yeah, I'm not so like I I'm not a fan. Like, I'm not really got a fan of anyone. Two two of my mates that I mean we're do we're kind of setting up a band. Well, mm-hmm. we are we're setting up a band. I should I shouldn't say kind of we are setting up a band. Nice. Um, <laughs> but those two guys they they know like everything about music like they know like the dates of the albums you know the history behind the albums they they know everything um i'm like so when i say i'm like a fan i'm not a fan in that sense like i don't know all the kind of dates and stuff okay um or that sometimes i don't know the order of the albums and things like that so just to put that out there and that's totally fine you just appreciate I the just, music. yeah like usual illusions one or two i had no idea where that was in the guns of, you know just use them, using that as an example but right trent Re- you know like trent reznor he did like the um when i say i like what i like where he did the doom soundtrack the original yes. Doom soundtrack mm-hmm. uh i think he did quake as well oh really i, I think he that. did um yeah he did he did quake yeah uh, i don't know i just like the fact that he's willing he didn't really give a like i appreciate the fact that he's someone that will chuck like piano guitar like yes. really dirty electro electronic sounding like sounds that are like verge on sometimes being unpleasant but for some reason they're not 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Soundscapes. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's not afraid to to move out of like any genre boundaries. He'll kind of just do whatever he thinks feels right for that track, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he he's actually like the cool thing about him is his he's branched out so much as well since Nine Inch Nails. Like he did the soundtrack for that Disney movie Soul, which was all about um yeah that's him and uh, it's all about jazz, um which is really cool. And he he put that together, and then he actually produced uh I'm not sure if you know the pop singer um Halsey. It rings a bell. She does like alternative pop, like a little bit grungy. Um, but she's like a on the charts type thing. And he produced her latest album. Um, but you can like it's kind of cool because she brings like the pop sensibilities into it. But then he, it's like the soundtrack in the background. You can definitely tell that Trent Reznor made it. So that's, if, if you haven't checked that album out, it's actually pretty cool. I know a lot of dudes that like into metal that kind of thought it was a cool album. Cozy. Is she? Does she have like blonde hair? And she's yes. kind of like, and she looks yep. kind of sweet. Yeah, uh, does she have like kind of like Britney Spears type choruses followed by like death metal? No, no, no. It's like almost like Britney Spears type choruses uh, verses followed by like death metal choruses. It's something like that. She's. Uh, it's like yeah. It's got like the pop catchiness in the choruses, and then the the there's like bits in there that are like kind of like grunge rock. It's it's like between the two genres, maybe a little oh. bit of like punk, punk influence in there. Um, but the latest album was called. Uh, if I can't have love, I want power, and that's the one that he worked on. If you want to check that out, it's actually a pretty cool listen. Okay, I'm gonna take notes. <laughs> okay, yeah. she 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 does like a concept album about um, pregnancy and child. Oh, interesting. I want to hear that. Uh, what was what was the name of it? Uh, if I can't have love, I want power. Because I'm not like super big into that style of music, but like that album kind of stood out to me as being really interesting. Because it's not just Trent; it's also um, uh, Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails as well. So there's two members of Nine Inch Nails that worked on it. So you went, it ended up shifting towards the folk blues sound. Like where does that influence come from? Who kind of inspired you in that aspect of the folk and I blues? I can think influence? of a lot of ways that I would like to answer that question. Sure. Take, take as much time as you want. It was got like, I, I took a long time, like just music in general. I, I, I like fought against it for a long time before I accepted that it was like a kind of a blessing and a curse. It was like, I couldn't turn my back on it um and the whole and the sound thing is the same kind of idea i wanted to be like prog rock i wanted to, i wanted to be making massive lateralis type albums uh, every album yeah. i wanted to be like lateralis mixed with like led zeppelin in there or something like that you cool. know i don't know huge guitar solos you know i managed like this i had this this idea of like epicness that would every song would be epic or something like that and I wanted like this, you know. I wanted every song to be like an epic, blow people away, type thing. But whenever I put the riffs together and stuff, it would always come out like kind of like blues folky type thing. And then I, like truck, the song truck, I think is kind of a good example of that because it's like if a whole band was playing it, it might be a bit like I don't know. It's got like some weird dissonant solo thing in it, kind of thing, and it changes at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like bluesy, rocky type thing. So I guess what I'm trying to say, it just like it's just what happens. Like I, whenever I write a song, it's all like lyrically and musically. It's always about. It's never about myself. It's always like third person. Every now and again, no, I can't say it's never about myself. Like every now and again, it's about like like something very recent, like an argument or something like that. Every now and again, but my the ones I enjoy writing, like Truck, is they're about like it's like a story told third person about or a message or something like that. Whenever I write something, it always ends up like that. It always ends up sounding like a cowboy talking about like, you know, I'm out on the road and or you know, like Nick Cave kind of like Love Nick mm. Cave. Yeah. Like, he's someone I need to get into more. Um but like that, I don't know. It, they, it always seems to end up like a third person telling a story and it comes out kind of like, I would describe it as like cowboyish. I don't know. Truck's not cowboyish, but like I think other songs are kind of cowboy. Western, like old school yeah. Western. The men, no, I can't even give you a good example really. But like if I had the lyrics here in front of me, I could probably find some lyrics that sounded like, you know, kind of westerning in a way like telling like a mat like telling a story i i yeah but uh, i don't know there's other stuff 
as well. Like, yeah. Like the, the music itself, I wanted to tell a story. I think that's something that like, I want the music to reflect the lyrics directly, like like classical mm-hmm. music. But, um, but let's say like, the reason like Bach, for example, or Mozart, and I'm not, I'm not no massive expert or anything. This is just like my kind of little take on it. Um, the reason they're geniuses is because they, like, you know, like music is kind of, I d- tell me if I'm going off on a tangent, by the way, because I feel like I'm going oh, you're off. you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm way off. I'm in the mountains. <laughs> they're geniuses because, like, music theory, music in general, or the study of music is kind of like mm-hmm. the study of the human mind. Uh, and right. how it reacts to sounds like one sound follows another it makes you sad why kind of thing um like bach and mozart and whoever else like they I, I think they were geniuses because they had complete control over the listener they could tell a story through music whatever that story might be that and it, you can picture the the little elf jumping up down or you can picture like the the sad ballerina losing her shoe or wh- whatever it is that they're, whatever story they're trying to tell they mm-hmm. have complete control over you. They make you cry, then they'll make you happy when when they want to make you happy. They make and then they'll make you cry again, and then they'll make you think it's finished, and they'll keep going, and then they'll finish. You know, or something like that. They have you on the edge of your seat, musically and emotionally. I want the music to kind of. I, I don't think I'm not saying I've achieved that, but I want the music to reflect, reflect the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good storytelling, and that's that's what uh, makes like Outlaw Country, that old country that like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and stuff used to write, so impactful. Because yep. those guys are just masters of telling a story, and that's what makes it so fascinating. And Johnny Cash, yeah, mm-hmm. he lived it as well. He, he definitely he like, did. Yeah. He embodied yeah. everything he wrote about. <laughs> Have you listened to a uh, a, a new artist called um, Orville Peck? Orville Peck, no, I haven't. Uh, highly, highly recommend checking him out. He's absolutely amazing. Um, he's a new guy. He's originally from South Africa, and then he moved to Canada and got into the country scene. And he makes what I guess you can call it alt cut, like alternative country. Um, yeah. But he's like a perfect fusion of uh, Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, and David Bowie. And uh, <laughs> he's wow. like. Uh, so he has like the outlaw country thing. He's got like a mask that he always wears to hide his identity, like one of those old like bandito masks. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's got like an, an Elvis style voice, like really powerful Elvis voice, but his music's like written like um, Johnny Cash. And uh, yeah, absolutely killer. Definitely worth checking out. I saw him live, like mind blowing. Um, yeah, he has two albums out, uh, both worth listening to. But the second one's a little, little darker, a little more mature than the first. Um, and then the other thing is he's openly gay, um, which is unusual in the country world. And a lot of his lyrics are about uh, his sexuality as well, which is an interesting change for country music. Right. <laughs> you can't, everything about that, uh, like even the, and the mask, when mm-hmm. you when you said he wears like a mask, like a, like a bandita, I, I wrote his name down at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's very cool. I think you'll definitely like it, given what you were saying yeah. before. Orville Peck. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll check it. It's another one on the list. <laughs> so what uh, what's some music that you've been listening to lately? Like what are some things that you've been enjoying? Anything new that's popped out and stood out to you? Last thing I listened to was, um, uh, I always get his name wrong. It's Richard Dawson. It's Richard Dawkins, the writer. Yeah, so Dawkins is the writer, yep. So it's Richard Dawson. He's, uh, I would... Yeah, I would recommend. I, I think I would recommend him. I, I think he's very good. Um, he writes like he uses the same guitar that he's been. He's like a, a northern guy. Um, I don't know, like in northern England. I don't know, maybe. Do you know? You know, like that kind of north. Do you know the northern England kind of like accent? Yes, yeah, I do. Uh, he kind of sings with that. He's from northern England. I'm not sure where, but okay. he's definitely Newcastle. And, uh, uh, I think I just looked him up. I want to make sure I got the right guy. <laughs> oh yeah, it could be, could be Newcastle. Yeah, um, actually, I can. But he's yeah, you can hear it in his voice though. Um, he has like kind of like a 
I don't know, like a tribal type of thing. His songs sound like very kind of uh, traditional almost, like traditional, like, um, I don't know, what was, you know, like Old Lang Syne or something like that. Uh -huh. That's kind of like a traditional song. Yes. His songs kind of sound like that, but with like all this other artistic stuff chucked in, like to like massively expanded upon. And his his lyrics are amazing. It's like poetry. Uh, I, it's probably not for everyone, which is why he's not massive. But like, there's a song called, or um, well, there's an album called Magic Magic Bridge. But definitely, that's what I've been listening to. It's a, it's a, and it's about the songs about like it's depressing, but it's about getting old and dying, and like crossing over into the next life. I think that's the magic bridge. But the lyrics are friggin' amazing. Um, a galleon of leaves. No, what is it? Anyway, like so the lyrics are like amazing to that song. A magic bridge running through the silence. It's something like that. Very very. All, all of his songs are like really well written, like lyrically. Nice. Um, and he plays this guitar that he's been playing since he was like, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was like he's had the same guitar since he was like thirteen or something. That's awesome. But Richard Dawson, he's pretty. He's, he's uh, yeah, he's really good. Nice. Well, can you kind of tell us about the like the the London scene that you're involved in? Is like, uh, are there any musicians there that? We should be looking at checking out paying attention to well i'm, I'm living you know like i'm in london and oh. um as you know and there's a the next gig coming up i don't really like it's weird but i don't really um speak to musicians that much i kind of do and i kind of kind of don't okay. i don't i can't i wish i could recommend people but i not for any bad reason i just i can't think of anyone to recommend right now that's totally fine. Um, I, no problem. I, I can think of, I can think of people who are gigging around London and like in Camden and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know them well enough to like say whether I, the music's good. There's the he healthy junkies. If you give them a shout out, they don't really need a shout out. They're much bigger than, than me. But uh, healthy junkies are good. It's kind of like punk rock type stuff. Uh, the heavy north nice. as well. They're good. Um, what type of stuff do they play it's like um very it's kind of like led zeppelin it's okay. like straight down yeah classic rock like, yeah cla that's it it's classic i would describe it as classic rock nice it's kind of like a revival of that a little bit lately which is nice to see like more bands coming through with that like sort of old school sound um <clears throat> i mean everyone likes to sh for some reason i'm not completely sure why give shit to greta von fleet um, I was just, that's weird that I just, I had that, that name popped into my head. I was trying to think, oh man, what's the name of that band? I was going to ask you, what do you think of, and then you said it. Well, I, this is probably a really unpopular opinion and I'm probably going to get some heat for saying this, but I've said this to people and I'll say it on the podcast. Um, I find it really ironic the number of people that will say, well, they're a Led Zeppelin ripoff that's lame, but then we'll absolutely praise bands that literally just play, play the exact same thing as black sabbath um right. like it's just not their style yeah it's just a double standard it's like if if it's fine to just rip off sabbath riffs constantly then i don't see why it's an issue for them to rip off zeppelin i mean i'm not saying that like it I, i'm not saying i completely disagree that they are like a clone of another band but it's like you have to look at it objectively because so much of the doom and stoner scene is literally just playing copies of black sabbath and sleep um yeah so, I mean, that's like, it, it is what it is. I think that they are pretty talented. I think the dude's got a, a good voice for what he does. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to put on the album and listen to it all, like, intentionally. But if it comes on, I'll be like, yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Um, I, th I think it's good classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, Mike, you know, the the guy I was in that I'm in the band with, like, we're, set, we're setting stuff up. Yeah. He's... Yeah. He's uh that's not me dropping a hint, by the way. We're not there's nothing big going on. I'm not like okay. trying to <laughs> get anything in there. That's just that's the only way I can think to say it. Um he's uh he's a big he it was him that told me about Greta Van Fleet. So I li I listened to them. He, he didn't tell he didn't he just knew that I was into Led Zeppelin. Um and uh 
the first actually I can't remember the name of the song. Like I like the songs. I was I listened to the songs a lot. Um, so I actually I I did like the songs, but I couldn't get I couldn't get it out of my head. The the singer sounds to me like almost like he's he's about like if you did like a voice match, if you did an impression of Robert Plant, you could it couldn't be any better. You know, right, and, right, it's it, spot on, exactly. Yeah, it's but I mean, like I can hear that it's a little bit. I, he might even be better than Robert Plant because he has like a little bit of gravel to his voice at points. Um, I, I think know. I think what I would like to see from them is to kind of like uh, branch out to their own sort of take on it. I mean, you know what I mean? Um, like take take what they have as the foundation, but then sort of expand it out to something that's more independent and unique. Because a lot of bands sort of start with that like sort of, um, I guess, worship quality um but then they kind of build it into something that's that's their own and i'd love to see where they go if they choose yeah. to do that well one issue i do have with them uh, two things i would say about Greta van fleet that make for me make um led zeppelin the superior band mm -hmm. number one i think and i've not you might have listened to a lot more stuff than me but um what i did listen to and i I wish I could remember what the names of the songs were, but they they do that thing in music where you sit on a riff and repeat. There's some songs that do that a lot, like where they sit on a riff or like uh, a melody or too much repetition. Yeah, and they, it's them saying, "Remember me, remember me, remember me, remember me." Walk away humming, tell your friends. It's too like uh, I don't that I don't like. Like okay, if that's you, fair enough. I I, I agree. Um, Led Zeppelin. I don't think they gave a crap about any of that. Right, really. exactly. Mm. Uh, and the other thing was, I saw an interview with the the lead singer where somebody directly asked him, like, you know, so who are your influences? And to, so, you know, tell me if I got this wrong. If, but maybe I'm misremembering this. But they asked him what his influences were, and he he listed off a bunch of bands. And and the interviewer said, said "Oh, but what about Led Zeppelin?" <laughs> and the guy said something along the lines of, "Like, who's Led Zeppelin?" No, he's, just play he's playing it down 100% because he doesn't want to get compared to them so much. I think he's trying to break that, um, yeah, that connection. Yeah, he, he's that's that's definitely like him not being completely honest there. If it if he's like if it's that, I can understand it. But if I he's think he's like trying to downplay it because he, I think they've gotten so much flack for being a ripoff of them that he's trying to distance the band for as much as he can from it. There's yeah. no there's no way he he there's no way that he doesn't know who Zeppelin is considering that like they are exactly like a worship band of Zeppelin. Like they, they definitely took influence from them. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. So I, I actually saw, uh, I got some free tickets to a show in town here to see a um, Led Zeppelin cover band called like, I think it was Led Zepp again or something like that. Um, <laughs> I've seen Get the Lead Out. There's so many. <laughs> so many. Um, and uh instrumentally they were like nailing it but then like the vocalist just could not hit those high notes that plant does um mm -hmm. and it's like no judgment because you have to have a really unique voice to be able to you know to be able to hit that consistently it's it's not easy it, it's it, it's like a, a rare quality i guess yeah but that's what separates a lot of those cover bands from the originals they just they can't they can't hit those notes and they don't have the power behind the vocals yeah Brendan, did I send yeah. you that that uh that poster for that uh international tour of cover bands? Yes. That is yes, the weirdest thing I have ever seen. Like I, I so Matt, there's this poster from Australia for this upcoming tour, and it's a Pantera cover band touring Australia with support from a Metallica cover band. And what what was the other one? So it's it's the Pantera by Demons Be Driven cover tour with tool uh tool tribute band and a metallica tribute band <laughs> uh sounds awesome yeah I, I think it would be a fun time i just i've never i didn't realize that that kind of thing happened i've never heard of that before yeah no i i've never i've never heard of anything like that um i wonder how they uh, apparently like i wonder how they do yeah i know it's gonna be interesting to see I think they do in New Zealand first, and then I think they're going over to Australia, uh, something like that. Um, but uh, I, I understand the timing because Pantera is doing that reunion tour now, which is why they're jumping on that 
uh it's a good chance to to kind of get the attention um yeah makes, makes sense right now yeah i know you have some sort of fun questions uh that you wanted to, to get to i saw that you launched into those oh sure um <laughs> well we always like talking about some foods and stuff and uh you being from london where oh. are we going to be getting some sunday roast ah you can get like um I love Sunday roast, man. Uh, Sunday roast, and I put like any. Well, where where would I recommend personally? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could come to my house. Nice. nice roast. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Like, if you find just any, if you find a nice pub, um, I wouldn't go to. I don't know if you have these in like America, like Weatherspoons and stuff like that. I don't know if you have those in like. No, really. that doesn't sound familiar. It might, uh, it might be like a. I don't know if it's just in. Maybe it's like a British thing. I don't know. But um, Weatherspoon. I wouldn't go to like a chain. Probably right, right. Uh, I, the reason I wouldn't go to a chain is because I don't know if they do this in America, but like in the chains, they have these things. I know this because I used to work in a pub in the, and uh, they like vacuum pack the meal. Like they get sent out, so all the meals are like standard. And they've actually right. packed them out. And it's kind of like, you know, it's not it's not homemade. It's just like a vacuum packed thing. It's just like they chuck them out kind of standard. Right, right. Um, if you go to like a smaller, nice pub, uh, and by nice, you can just, I just mean like, you know, like we were talking about bad parts of town. But, so when I say like, nice i just mean like you can kind of like if your spider sense is going off like when you, when you walk in yeah that's not a good place you know don't go there go to a place that looks kind of like nice and homely and stuff and i can pretty if it's in england you know and it england on a sunday pubs will definitely be giving you some they, they'll have it you to order you just go in any place like that and it, and it will be decent i can re i could recommend specific pubs 100 yeah, percent. it would give away where i live because <laughs> they're literally because the two places I would recommend it it's not gonna, it won't take a genius <laughs> you just draw you just crisscross where they the, those two pubs like I'm um, equal distance from these two pubs I just go one then the other yeah nice um but any nice like non-chain British pub or any yeah, yeah. whatever any pub like that's not I would say not a chain and it is is nice in the way it looks, kind of thing. Yeah, no, it looks like it would be pretty good to eat. And then, um, obviously, probably the same, probably queue there. But the the bangers and mash, you know, you get those at a pub or like to, or like a lot of restaurants serving that. Uh, actually, I could recommend. I thought you were going to ask me about fish and chips for some reason. No, come on, that's it. Uh, everybody <laughs> makes that. Um, I, actually, I could recommend. For bangers and mash or fish and chips, like, yeah, with some, like onion gravy. I want like the yeah, nice. oh, brown, more oh, 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 yeah. Uh, I can recommend. There's a place. Uh, oh man, it's called the Blue Ocean. All right, and um, I might double check that in a minute. Actually, I, I'm pretty. I'm ninety percent sure it's called the Blue Ocean or just Blue Ocean, and it's it's the best. Supposedly, I I've eat, I've eaten there. It's not like it's very very good, port like the portions are big and like if you get if you want to get fish and chips like the portions are like massive and the fish tastes awesome, and bangers and mash you can order that it tastes awesome you know onion gravy I would I'm sure they will I've not had it but um, I'm sure it's there I'm sure it'll be there if they yeah um and vinegar hundred percent more vinegar that's gonna be there. I could, that's definitely that. Uh, but yeah, Blue Ocean, uh, they're, they're, there's quite a few of them around London. They're very good. Yeah, yeah. And then I always laugh about like some of the names of like foods everywhere across the across the world. But then um, you have oh, this I, here. I know what you're going to say. The, the Spotted Dick? Yeah, I know you're going to say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But sorry, yeah, I didn't. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no, I was gonna say, is it is it good 
because it doesn't sound so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> spotted it like let me just double make sure because i get this there's another one called um toad in the hole uh, oh yeah that's another one too yeah there was a i think toad in the hole is meat uh these ones i always get these mixed up um i'll just look up images oh yeah that's right spotted dick it's like a it's like a cake thing um maybe i've not i'm sure i must have had that it looks good it, it, it looks it doesn't sound good but it looks good <laughs> yeah who i don't know who sort to call it spotted dick not a. oh it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man and then um obviously like we're eating all that food um we're like what's um some good some good beers that are made around there um Camden Pale Ale is that's one of my favorites, which you'd have to go. You know, that's Camden, but they sell it yeah uh, all over the place. Um, oh man, oh, you could go if you went to Camden, or uh, I would, I would a couple of years ago I would have said like Shoreditch or something, um, but Shoreditch has got all like commercial now, um, like it's got like all the like Shoreditch used to be like kind of like a hippie place and you can yeah. get all these cool like beers and stuff. Gentrified now, now. It's good. It's like still hippified, but it's all like kind of um, fashionable hippies. Like people. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's people with loads of money that dress like hippies. Oh yeah. We had that happen in a place called Byron Bay in Australia. You might've heard of it. It's kind of famous location. Um, yeah, used to be like this little hippie commune. So you go there and there'd be like people playing like, didgeridoos with dreadlocks and the juggling and stuff like you know just a lot of weed um a lot of art and a lot of surfers and uh now i wasn't that long ago i used to go there with my friends and now it's uh boutique stores and uh, like you said fashionable hippies in quotation marks um yeah, <laughs> yeah. hipsters yeah, yeah. very hipsters. much hipsters branding themselves as hippies yeah yep that's shortage now Unfortunately, the old one, it, it kind of, yeah, it's like that, like Byron Bay, Byron Bay. Um, Camden's still got its, Camden's still cool. It's, it's uh, some things have changed. Like, the, yeah, like you have to pay to busk now. Um, like you used to be able to go on the street and just busk. Huh. But you, and because of that, you would get like lots of like just really eccentric people like just setting up. They'd start playing drums or whatever. Um, but now, well, they part, I, I'm not sure. What, I think you have to pay to busk now in Camden. You need to pay for like a spot because it's so, like it's so touristy. Do like a permit? Yeah, you need, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like applying for a job. Right, um, right. Yeah, I want to be here at this time and bang on my drum and play my guitar. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, and it's the same on the underground as well. Have you, have you guys been to England? Have not. My, I'll be in uh, London for the first time ever uh, in June. June. Mm -hmm. uh, oh man, I, you know, I know we're just talking for the first time now. But if you need someone to, sh if you want someone to get drunk with, <laughs> always looking for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely sounds good. Just let me know. I'm serious as well. But take me for a Sunday roast. <laughs> go for a yeah. nice pint Sounds yeah good. you guys gotta check uh slaughterhouse brewery slaughterhouse brewery. it's slaughterhouse in brewery. warwick oh that's wild too and like the drinking age is 18 and like i, I just looked at their website i'm like wait 18 <laughs> uh that's funny rest of the world <laughs> yep right right yeah uh well, i think it was 18 year olds couldn't handle their shit and were crashing cars all the time Maybe I don't know. Oh, because what's the drinking age in um, uh, twenty-one in America? It's eighteen in New Zealand and Australia, and the yeah, same in England. In France, I'm pretty sure it's sixteen. Really? I think so. I think that. Let me see. It's probably drinking wine with the family at the table, the restaurant, stuff like that. You know, just drunk kids. Oh, they changed it in two thousand and nine. I guess uh, until two thousand nine, it was legal for sixteen-year-olds to drink. 
cider, wine, and beer, but not spirits. But now it's eighteen for everything. Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have noticed that, like outside, so the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the US all have like a binge drinking culture. Um, mm-hmm. But I've noticed that, like a lot of other countries, especially like those European countries, have a really different attitude towards alcohol for the most part. Like it's much yeah. more of like an alcohol is just part of your everyday life type thing. Yeah. As opposed to like going out on a Saturday and just getting obliterated. Yeah, exactly. In front of French friends, actually, I went to a French, um, well, it's not like the people who hosted it were like, it was like just a get together and um, the people who hosted it were French. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would say like, well, it's exactly what you said. Like, I think they, it's more about like the the taste with food or something, and the social aspect, more, and the social aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in England, you got like in England, we'll talk about, and maybe it's the same, you know, for you. But like in England, we'll talk about like, oh man, I'm gonna go out tonight, and I'm gonna get absolutely like, we'd say like shit faced. That's what yeah. we'd say. Yeah, we, we have that. Yeah, we say that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's shit faced. It depends, I guess, who you're like hanging out with too. If you say, you know, right, the windows all change. Yeah, like Brendan and I, we like when we hung out, we uh, we would drink, but we never got like met, like fucked we, up. No, nah. yeah. Well, we wanted to be awake all day and make it walk back home. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> We've only actually met once, um, and it was at a music festival. Um, so we had like four days in a row of drinking together so we kind of paced ourselves yeah we were pretty good though. i mean like yeah, yeah well and we had like the beginning of the day was always the toughest because we we were like all right well we want to go in kind of early but we also don't want to like pay festival prices for beer you know so it was like oh, do we drink these at 11 a.m sure we do <laughs> but then, um, yeah. yeah then slowing down for a bit <laughs> yeah oh yeah we always had like a good afternoon like evening where we like kind of not drink and try and smell some foods and that catch up on waters we were pretty good we yeah, paced ourselves I, I feel like that's the thing that like always gets people is like not eating enough food not drinking enough water while they're drinking like mm-hmm. if, if you do that you can come out of it okay yeah if you don't if you just blast it I, right I know, right I or mixing, mixing the beer oh, yeah, mixing, and, and mixing hard liquors, you know, like the, yeah. you know, the, oh, those that can yeah. be the worst. I've got a technique actually. This has just popped into my head. Uh, well, oh yeah, well, I'd, like at a festival, uh, I went to Wilderness Festival. This is like three years ago or something, or whenever it was. We were, we were with a bunch of friends, and I, I've got like whenever I go to a festival, I always go off on my own. Uh, for at least like one of the days I'll go off on my own and I'll just find somewhere and I'll just like drink. I'll sit somewhere and I'll just drink on my own. Um, I don't know why I do that. I just like to do making new like friends a, or just make yeah. time. Yeah. For I, I don't even speak to anyone. I just sit, I just sit there and just like, just like a wilderness festival. There's a hammock, but there's this every year they have like a, like a, it's a Heineken tent and there's, they have hammocks outside and stuff like that. So you just go lay in the hammock, just get drunk. Just sit there and get drunk. I would never do like, I wouldn't sit at home and get drunk normally, but like for some reason out there, outside in the sun and all that sort of stuff, it's nice. People around. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got, uh, anyway, I was just like super hammered and my friends came and found me. Uh, I couldn't even like walk. I was just like completely drunk off my face, but I was happy. <laughs> and uh, after I got back to the tent, there's this, I saw this thing on the internet, but have you ever heard of the Iceman? Uh, well, he's, um, I think they call him the Iceman. He's like a Danish guy, an Icelandic guy or something like that. And he has like a breathing technique. He swims in like ice cold water. Yes. Yes. I know him. Yep. Crazy. Yes. Uh, I I literally, I saw like, I think it was Vice. I think it was like a Vice documentary. And, um, he explains like this breathing technique he's got. And you just like breathe in as much as you possibly can to, to your full, um, hold it for 10 seconds and then breathe out very, very slowly. And then just when you're you've completely cleared your lungs, just before you keep you know like you keep some of it in, and then you repeat the process until you're completely full. And after about like five ten minutes, you're basically kind of high on oxygen, almost. Huh. Yeah. And um, I've got friends with me that can back this up, right? 
I, I tried this. For, I don't know why it was in my head, but I was laying down. I was feeling like crab, you know, head spinning and all that sort of stuff. And I did this breathing technique because I figured like the oxygen would burn off the alcohol. And uh, my friend said that after I did this breathing thing, like my eyes were like, you know, like I had like drunk eyes. Like I was really mm-hmm. drunk. And uh, she said my pupils like went back to normal or something like that after I did this. And I felt better. Huh. After this, it's just that just it's a weird that's a weird story out of kind of nowhere, but um, interesting though. Yeah, you try if you try that, if you ever get like completely hammered, like if it ever happens, like if it creeps up on you, yeah, you know, like you have two pints or something and then you're chatting away and you have a third without thinking about it or something like that, yeah, you know, um, and then you keep going, whatever. Uh, tr- <laughs> <On a roll. laughs> if you're on a roll try that yeah, breathing um, thing it works it's a weird huh. thing um yeah weird weird thing but it i it was from that that danish guy or icelandic guy um and if you just do it normally it does actually it makes you feel high you get like loads of energy yeah but you feel like a buzz in your head you could do you could probably do it now for like a minute two minutes you'd feel like a buzz in your head huh. it's really weird like all this oxygen going in because you yeah, yeah um, i just remember sorry Brendan, yeah. I, w- I just i just noticed we're coming up on time actually um i think we yeah, might yeah. Actually be over, actually be over but that's okay um do you have any more of your questions you want to ask or are you good um well i was gonna actually ask uh you mentioned earlier about being a, a music teacher um who got you inspired to become a teacher um well actually when i first uh well like right what per, like i i don't want to sound like elitist or anything but i think like good teachers are kind of born because it's like a mm-hmm. personality you know some of us are naturally i don't know warriors some of us are naturally like farmers i don't know i'm just chucking stuff out you know we're naturally geared towards something like builders or you know i'm just using like broad categories to do with you know the slot in with society or whatever sure and so um and some of us have like a mindset like i would be a terrible builder because uh, i'm not practical in any way but for some reason i can take I'm, I'm patient and i you know i have like the kind of like personality required to teach so that i just like fell into it i never wanted to be a teacher but i don't think uh i i feel it you know like i was saying before like music is kind of like a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. the the teaching was my way of like uh, bringing. It's not like I had like this passion. I have to admit, I didn't have a passion. My passion was like music. Right. Uh, teaching was a way to pay the bills, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I kind of I've grown to love it. Um, I oh. really love it. Yeah. But that's right. That that's my best life. I never aspired to kind of teach or anything. Um, I just started doing it, and you know, I was. I did some work experience in schools and I thought, actually, I, I see some examples, not many, very few examples of like bad teachers. Like, And I literally mean like one or two, like maybe like 5% of the teachers that I came in contact with. I just want to make that clear because my cousin's a teacher. I'm not talking about any anyone I know closely. My uh, yeah. my mother, my mom's a teacher as yeah. well, actually. There's lo- like so many good teachers. Uh, I can just, there was a few examples that I thought, I don't want to be like that kind of thing. Right. Not because they were terrible, but there were certain things they did that I thought was a bit whatever, you know. Um, yeah, and I just kind of like, I never wanted to work. In, I don't work in a school. Um, I work privately. Okay. okay. Um, I think if I worked in a school, it might kind of kill it a little bit because it's the way I just, I have friends that are teachers and my cousins are teachers and stuff like that. Right, it, right. It's a hard job. A, a very hard and underpaid and underappreciated job too. Yes, we are underappreciated. No, I'm joking. I'm not. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm not, I can't. I can't say I am. But um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll no. ask my uh, my final question then. Yeah. Uh, well, I have two actually. So the second to last one is an ambush question. I ask everyone. Which, if you listen to the podcast, you probably know what I'm going to say already. Um, but if you were trapped on a desert island with a solar-powered discman and only three CDs to listen to, uh, what would those three so CDs be? So three, uh, I'd probably take like uh, Led Zeppelin four. Okay. Um, 
that's kind of an easy one. And maybe I would take like usual illusions, either one or two. Okay. And later, like, and later Alice, I would probably say that. It's nice. It's a solid uh, three. Awesome. Well, the last question I have for you then is where can people find your music to listen to and where can they follow you? Uh, and Twitter, uh, Hubris. If you type in Hubris Music, uh, like you find me on Twitter, Instagram. But if, if you want, uh, if you're interested in, the, like on Instagram, I kind of post bits and bobs, but probably the YouTube, Hubris Music, you know, tw- updates on Twitter and stuff like that. I am I'm on Instagram, Spotify. Right. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. It was great chatting to you. And uh, if you ever put out some, like a, a full-length album or something, we'd love to have you back on to chat about that too. Soon. Let's go. What should I say now? You can say it, yeah. I'm releasing now. Because uh, I, I, was, I was kind of advised not to release an album. I want to release an album kind of thing. The tracks I'm right. releasing now are like, I'm kind of, uh, what's the word? I'm kind of like um, releasing an album bit by bit, track by track. Right, that, that's a it's a different method of uh, release. I've seen it; it's become quite popular now. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't I didn't say that officially, kind of thing. I never like announced that officially, but that's kind of what I'm doing. So all the tracks now are from an album called Rhythm of the Whip, which is awesome. like when's that uh, set for release? Uh, the, well, the next the last track I just released it on Bandcamp. It's called it's called Bones, and then okay. the next there's there's three more tracks to go, and then it's complete. Basically, it's all the everything's finished. Uh, it's just I'm I'm kind of like stringing it out so I can do like promotion, you know, whatever promotion I can do. Oh, very nice. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Then, thank you for, for letting us know, and uh, thank you to anyone listening at home for for tuning in and uh, tuning in next week. We'll have another guest. Yeah.